Welcome to Apparently Speaking, the podcast from Northeast Ohio Parent with your host, Miriam Connor. Hi, this is Miriam. Thank you for listening to Apparently Speaking. We are in back to school mode. The busy schedule started, sports, activities, homework, early mornings. I know my kids do not get enough sleep during the school year and neither do I. Sleep is something that is so very important and my guest today is going to talk about just how important it is to your teen specifically and tell us about some things she's doing to make some big changes. Lisa L. Lewis, MS, is a freelance journalist who covers the intersection of parenting, public health, and education. Her book, The Sleep Deprived Teen, Why Our Teenagers Are So Tired and How Parents and Schools Can Help Them Thrive, is an outgrowth of her previous work on the topic, including her role helping get California's landmark legislation on healthy school start times passed. Lewis has written for The Atlantic, The Washington Post, The New York Times, The Los Angeles Times, and Slate, among others. She's a parent to a teen and a recent teen who inspire much of what she writes about, everything from concussions and heat stroke to school lockdowns to teenage sleep. She has a master's degree from Northwestern University's Medill School of Journalism, an MFA from Mills College, and a bachelor's degree from UC Berkeley. Lewis lives in California with her family. This episode is sponsored by Montrose Mazda Kent. They go around the world for you. Before you look, call or stop in and talk to Jeremy. Find out more at MazdaKent.com. Beck Center for the Arts in Lakewood, Ohio is a nonprofit arts organization that creates arts experiences for all ages. Starting at six weeks for babies and caregiver music group classes to watercolor painting for those in their late 90s, you and your family can find something that excites and engages all of you throughout your lives. Enjoy a youth theater production, a dance performance, professional theater plays and musicals, or get involved with a music, dance, theater, or visual arts class. Visit the Lakewood campus and experience free visual arts exhibitions that rotate throughout the year. Check out all Beck Center has to offer at beckcenter.org. Nestled on a 45-acre estate, McGregor Assisted Living features 90 new private suites, supporting our mission to promote lifelong health and wellness for older adults while helping them find meaning in their retirement years. McGregor Assisted Living, build a lifestyle that suits you. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, I was excited um, to connect with you. And I think that your topic and, and your book, I think it's just, it's really great information and really important, more important than I think a lot of people realize. So what made you write The Sleep Deprived Teen? Uh, this, I have to say, I look back on it now and it has been seven years since I first oh. got involved in this issue. So specifically, it was August of 2015 when when this issue really first hit my radar. And that's because that was the month that my oldest, my son, started high school. So his freshman year, 2015, and in where we live, it starts in August. And where we live, at that point, our local high school started at 7.30 in the morning. So that was... Um, very early. It was the earliest of all of the times, starting times for the schools in our district, you know, elementary, middle and high. And so suddenly it was the earliest time he'd ever had to go to school. And it was pretty obvious pretty quickly that it was not a time that was optimal for him. I mean, I was the one driving him to school every day. We'd leave at like 7, 10 in the morning. 
and he was still pretty sleepy looking and he was hardly alert and ready to learn and he would come home and he was really just beep you know at the end of the day sometimes he was napping and so i as a parent and as a parenting journalist you know my first inclination was to start kind of looking into this going into information gathering mode and trying to figure out why is it that our school starts at 7 30 in the morning and what i quickly found out was that this was not unique to our local school and our local community there was actually a large body of research about the fact that schools should not be starting so early in the morning and it also just so happened that timing of me really starting to you know delve into this issue happened to be at a point where that issue itself was really reaching a critical mass so again this is august of 2015 that very same month the cdc had released a report of school start times around the country and the reason they had done that was because the previous year 2014 the american academy of pediatrics had issued a policy statement that middle and high schools should start no earlier than 8.30 in the morning because of the impact that too early school start times have on teen sleep and all of the many ramifications when teens are sleep deprived. So that timing of me starting to look into it in 2015 really did happen to coincide with this issue really reaching a critical mass. Um, and yeah, from that I think, point, sorry, you know, I was gonna say, I think that um, I don't think I think that's pretty typical. The start times and having high school start the earliest, and you know, or at least from my experiences, you know, that's around that's about the average start time uh, for schools. And yeah, a lot of people always wondered, you know, why why does it have to start so early? And a lot of times, the answer might be, well, you know, with the high school, then they have practices after school, and it would be too late if we started late and all that. Exactly. Yeah. And so what they found, actually, you're, you're right, that 2015 report, what they found was the average high school start time at that point was 7.59. So much earlier, clearly than 8.30, but that was the average. And there were plenty of states and communities where schools were starting much earlier than that. And you're right, in so many cases, those start times were originally set because of these external factors, things like transportation, um, and in fairness, many of them were set many, many years ago before all this research on teen sleep was so widely known. And then those schedules just endured. I, I call them legacy schedules because that's really in most cases what they are. Yeah, I, 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 you're definitely right. And, and once something's been in place for so long, it's just you get the old this is just how it's done kind of thing. This is what we've always done. And um, it's hard to then make a change as you will talk about that even a little bit later, the change that you um, were able to make, which was huge. So what is, why is teen sleep so important? What have you found about so, that? So, yeah, I mean, I have to say when I first started looking into this issue as a parent, you know, I had a general awareness, but really once I started delving into this and talking to experts, I realized just how widespread the ramifications are when our teens don't get enough sleep. So. Um, everything across the board. I mean, I think just as a general statement for, for all of us, including our teens, we, we don't do anything better as a result of being sleep deprived. So, yes. I mean, just as a, a general concept and, and for our teens in particular. So the fact is, first of all, so many of them are sleep deprived. You know, again, looking at just some CDC information I've got from 2019, 
And that was the last youth risk behavior survey um, that they've done, you know, because then the pandemic. But at that point, when they surveyed high schoolers, only 22% were getting at least eight hours of sleep a night. And that's really concerning when you consider that eight hours is the minimum they should be getting. They should be getting eight to 10 hours every night. So only like 20% of them are even hitting that minimum. And what that means is it's affecting them in the classroom. It's affecting them behind the wheel. It's affecting athletes out on the playing field. It's affecting their mental health. I mean, the list just goes on and on. Hey, this is Miriam from Apparently Speaking. Join the Mazda family like I did at Montrose Mazda Kent. You'll love the selection of new and used cars and lease options. We are on our third car from Kent Mazda. We keep going back because of the ease of purchase, and it has been by far the best deal we could find each time. Montrose Mazda Kent, they go around the world for you. Before you look, call or stop in and talk to Jeremy. Find out more at MazdaKent.com. My oldest daughter... You know, she, same thing. I mean, she was up so late every night, um, you know, she's now in college. So, and, and just then having to get up so early and involved in all these things and it, it, you know, will take a toll. She seemed to, it didn't seem to affect her, affect her as much as my son who's now in high school, although it did affect her. You kind of hit that wall, you know, I just, even as adults, we can go and go and go, then something's got to give <laughs> eventually. And it does. Um, and with him, you know, I, I can see that it does affect him quite a bit and, you know, his mood and just energy level performance. And we expect a lot, you know, as, as parents, as a society, you know, we want our teenagers to be, you know, taking all these hard classes and doing so great in school. And then we want them to be in sports and in clubs and in music and in volunteer and all these kind of things. So it's like, when, when is all of that supposed to happen and what gets, you know, affected is their sleep. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you just touched on so many things that are, are so relevant for this. Um, just that last piece, the, the, the concept of our teens being on overload is also such a, a critical piece. And that's something, you know, we do have the power to look at within our own households and, and kind of taking a step back and looking at whether our teens are overscheduled. Because you're right, when you sit there and you try and kind of map it out, okay, it's X hours that they're in school, plus you know the, the number of hours per class for homework each night, which if they're taking a whole suite of advanced level classes, obviously that homework load has gone up. And then everything else that they're doing outside of those academic classes at school. So extracurriculars that they're involved in, sports teams. And sometimes it's not just sports teams through the school. It's also club level sports. Um, if they have a job, like all of those take time. And so there was actually a, a planning tool from a group called Challenge Success that's based here in California. They allowed me to reproduce the appendix of the book, which is literally you know, a worksheet for, for mapping all this out. How many hours does it take them for all these things that they have on their plates? And are we even allowing enough of a window, an eight to 10 hour window in that 24 hour day for them to be able to have the opportunity to get enough sleep? So that that's actually a really key point there. Right. I bet you to look at it, you know, on paper like that, you know, um, it is probably really eye opening to, to, to map it out. Like you said, you know, OK, we're, they're doing this from this. They're in school. They have this, you know takes up this amount of time, this amount of time. And if you really look at it, I think a lot of people, you know, would be really surprised, right? It, wow, there isn't much time left over. Absolutely. Yeah. So then when you talk about, you know, going to bed late, so some of it is because they have so much to do. 
And then there's another piece that I think isn't always as widely understood because sometimes, you know, the question would be when we would start talking to people here in California about the need for later start times, often a question is, well, shouldn't they just be going to bed earlier? You know, why can't they just do that? And the answer is that, you know, A, sometimes they have too much to do, but B, it also has to do with their internal body clocks. Their circadian rhythms shift when they hit puberty so that they're no longer sleepy as early in the evening as they used to be. You know, and as a parent, we see this when our kids are little, they're tired and ready to fall asleep early at night. And then they're, you know, bam, they're up again early the next morning, ready to go. Our teens are on a different schedule. And that's because melatonin, which is what primes us to feel sleepy, is not released until later in the evening once they hit puberty. So they are not feeling sleepy you know, and we're actually ready to be able to fall asleep until about 11 o'clock at night. And then the melatonin doesn't recede until later in the morning. So their whole sleep pattern shifts to a later schedule. And so then if you just do the math, like, well, okay, so if they can't really fall asleep till about 11, and even if you just say, okay, they get in bed, they, they, you know, they're done with everything, they go to bed, they fall asleep right at 11 o'clock. Well, they're supposed to get eight to 10 hours of sleep. Right. So then you look on the morning end, and if they have to be at their desks at 7.30 in the morning, like my son did, makes it really hard for them to get that eight to 10 hours of sleep that they should be getting for optimal health and well-being and optimal functioning. Really hard. Yeah. My son, I think 740 um, is when he starts and yeah, it's, it's early. So by the time, you know, he has to get up and then we he has you know, have to leave, give yourself enough time, right. We're out the door 710 for him. And so um, it's, it's early and he's doing sports and then, yeah, you have to do, then he's up doing homework. It's like, I'm like, you know, you have to go to bed. Well, when am I supposed to get this homework done? He'll ask. And it's like, well, that's a good question. Um, right. Right. And it, it is so hard on them. And some of it is the overload. Um, but really what, what has been found time and again is when schools start later in the morning, students get more sleep. So yeah. that really is a key piece to look at. Um, and, and that was the, the one thing that I first got involved in here in my own community. And then it ended up snowballing. Um, I wrote an op-ed on the topic that ran in the Los Angeles Times. And that was read by one of our California state senators. And long story short, he ended up introducing a bill about it. I got swept up in that journey. It was a two and a half year process. Finally got signed into law in October of 2019. Had a three year implementation window because um, that's the best practice to allow communities enough time to prepare. But that's going into effect July 1st. And so what that means is in California, we are the first state in the nation to set um, set to set minimum uh, early start times so that our high schools, our public high schools in the state cannot start any earlier than 830 and our public middle schools no earlier than eight o'clock. And that's huge because it's being done on a statewide basis. And up until now, it's been done, you know, in individual communities, which has happened in plenty of places, but in far more, it has not happened. And so I, I actually think that addressing the statewide level makes sense. Congratulations to you because that was, that was because of you. I mean, it really was. And that's amazing that you got that done on a state level, statewide level. So 830 would be when the high schools may begin. 
Yes. And I should just say, I mean, I was, the piece I wrote was sort of the spark that, that led to the, yeah. the bill that then led to the law, but it was very much a group effort. I mean, as I mentioned, right. when I got I'm going to say it was because of research. you. I was going to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and I just, I mean, to give credit where it's due, shepherding it through the political process, yeah. that was this California state Senator, Anthony Portantino was able to do that because that was a lengthy, you know, complex political process, but also the bill was supported by all of these leading sleep researchers around the country. So, you know, the physician, Dr. Judith Owens, who who authored that policy statement for the AAP was writing letters of support, you know, and we had um, a group called Start School Later, which I'd become involved with that co-sponsored the bill. And then the second time around, because it was a two and a half year process, the California State PTA also signed on as a co-sponsor. Because they looked at it and they said, yeah, this absolutely has to do with kids' health and well-being. What kind of feedback have you received? Well, yeah, it hasn't really come into effect, but like, are people, do they seem excited? Like, are parents, you know, like, are they, are they on board with this? Um, you know, it's interesting because, as you mentioned, it has not officially yeah. taken effect. And we've had so much that's happened since 2019, you know, in terms of the pandemic. So... I know plenty of people who are very, very um, excited to have this. And frankly, I will also note that in many cases, we've already started to see those changes happening. Um, and, and again, you know, nobody knew the pandemic was coming and what was going to happen. But, you know, March of 2020, everything had to shut down, including schools. And so practically overnight, they had to shift to remote learning. And at that time, a lot of them actually changed their start times. You know, they altered their schedules. They were no longer doing the full, you know, whatever it was, 7.30 to, to 2.30. Um, you know, they, they changed their schedules in many cases, starting later in the morning. And then in many of those cases, they kept those later start times once they went back to in-person schooling. And particularly in California, that made all the sense in the world because obviously, you know, for them to then revert back to the early time, knowing they were going to have to move it in time for this July 1st law, you know, didn't make any sense. So like in our local district, for instance, my I'm two kids, so I mentioned my son, my other child is my daughter who is a high schooler. So her high school, same high school did switch to 830 right when the pandemic hit. And have you personally seen a difference, you know, a difference with her? You know, she absolutely is not a morning person, and I yeah. think um, welcomed not having to go to That's school at, at, at 7.30. There aren't many kids who really like it. I mean, some of them, no. you know, they're doing it because, you know, it works better with their family schedule or what have you. And And I think that's another important point is, you know, as parents, we have really kind of constructed our lives around the school times and the school yes. schedules. And so when you talk about making a change... You know, that that is not necessarily the most convenient thing because we have carefully cobbled together whatever structures we have. You know, I can remember still when my kids were in elementary school and it ended at it was either 147 or 148, you know, this very specific time. Wow. And you had to either be there to get your kid or you had to have arranged after school care. I mean, you know, as a parent, there's all these things we have to have constructed and put in place. And so when schools change, we have to, you know, adjust also, which is why having enough time is so important. But I guess the other key piece is it all gets back to the whole reason we're doing this is for our kids. 
that those start times, you know, when they're those early start times, for instance, like 730, those were not set with student well-being in mind. And so, you know, this is a public health issue. And this is why groups like, you know, the, the AAP and all the other major medical groups say that schools should not start so early in the morning. Build a lifestyle that suits you at McGregor and choose how to spend your days. We recognize that finding meaning in our retirement years is foremost. We promote health and wellness throughout our campus where you can enjoy our walking paths, visit with friends on any one of our patios and courtyards, and make new friends. Find meaning in your retirement years. Call McGregor at 216-220-2209. I'm really interested to see, you know, I know it's already started, you know, in some districts, like you said, in yours, but, you know, statewide, you know, after this next school year, um, what the feedback is. So for parents, you know, if it's, if they're sitting and listening and like, okay, well, I'm not in that state, um, you know, and, it, and so far we still have the same, you know, early start times or my kids are up way too late. So I know that you talk about in the book too, and of course, you know, the dreaded, you know, technology issue, but that is an issue affecting teen sleep. It is. Yeah. And and just quickly before I talk about technology, I should mention, I was originally getting involved just in my local community about the school start times, and it did end up snowballing. But up until now, every other place where it's happened has not been at the statewide level. And so that has happened locally. And in many cases, parent advocacy has been absolutely a, you know crucial for its success. So I would say that is very worthwhile to do. In addition, though, looking at in our own homes, what we can be doing, just looking at sort of what they broadly call sleep hygiene. And yeah, tech is absolutely a piece of it. Um, tech is such a huge topic though. I ended up with a, with a whole chapter on it yeah. because there's so much to say. Um, the first thing is that tech is, you know, kind of essential in our lives today, you know, even for, for, for our teens doing their schoolwork. You know, no one can can turn in a handwritten book report anymore. Right. <laughs> but so when they're doing their homework, they have to be online, you know, most of the time. And sometimes it's not just completing assignments. You know, they have to do some group project or things like that, you know, where they have to record something. I mean, like there's so much of it that, that truly is done, you know, using technology. The other piece is, and I didn't realize it's because often this is just the default time that the system sets, but homework turn-in times are often 11.59 p.m. Yes. And and so that, you know, you look at that and human nature is, well, if you have until 11.59 p.m., you know, you're kind of <laughs> going to wait and do it later, right? So, yes. so that's part of it. Um, but then there's also the, the, um, the teen use of technology that is not schoolwork-based. You know, it's and it's because it, it it really is part of their social lives, and that's that that is valid. I mean, it does have a place in their lives. It's, you know, same way when I was in high school, I was on the telephone, you know, with my friends, and that was like that's a key part, way of maintaining connection. So, so it's not all bad. However, it can easily you know start to take over and then impact their sleep. Um, so. So a couple things. So the first is, you know, when you look at what are the official recommendations from the American Academy of Pediatrics, it's no tech use an hour before bedtime. So that's something I think to keep in mind. And part of that is because we need time to wind down and prepare for bed. 
um, you know, you can't be, you know, on your computer and working hard and doing all that stuff or, you know, actively involved in some back and forth with your friends online and then boom, turn it off and expect that instantaneously you can hit the pillow and fall asleep. Um, so, so that's something to keep in mind. But even this, this concept of a wind down routine was, was this great suggestion I heard from some of the sleep experts I spoke to, including one who works with pro athletes, because it is about kind of, you know, priming yourself to go to sleep and you do this sequence of steps and it kind of, you know, helps tell yourself, oh, okay, so now I'm shifting into bedtime mode. Kind of the same thing we did with our kids when they were little, you know, you had some kind of routine to get them to go to bed, you know, fall asleep every night. Yeah, I, I think it's really important. And I think that's something is, I was just thinking, you know, yeah, so my kids are younger, you do the whole thing and you, they get ready and you read a book and you, whatever you do, you tell the story, you do a whole big, there's a whole big routine to it. Exactly. And a lot of, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and then the, a lot of times, you know, they, they will even maybe fall asleep as you're reading or talking to them and that's great. Um, and then when they're teens, I think a lot of parents just, it's like, okay, you know, good night. And they end up going to bed much earlier than the teen because they're up so late. And so then it's like they're up and they're doing their homework or they're, you know, then it's as, which is just human nature, you know, they're maybe just on their phone or they're, you know, chatting on their, on their phone or they're watching something or whatever it is. And as we know, when you get on your phone or something like that, the time can really get away from you. So I think that, you know, there is that shift there. There isn't that routine. A lot of times the parents like, well, I can't stay up till midnight, you know, like you have to finish your homework and things. So I'm going to bed and then it can just turn into things that you don't even, even realize. So it's hard because it's like, if they're saying I have homework to finish, you know, it's like, no, you must go to bed. So yeah, I think, I think that parents, maybe it's okay to not have the technology in the room. It's okay to maybe, like you said earlier, look at that, look at your, at your schedule. Is there anything that can be removed? Is there anything that your teen is doing that maybe they don't love anymore that can maybe be removed to free up some time? Exactly. And even if they do love all of it, I mean, at some point yeah. you can't, you know, you can't be superhuman. You have and, to choose. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and you can try, but it wears you down. And there is, you know, the effects of that chronic sleep deprivation is really profound. I mean, we were talking about it before, but I think it's really important just to, to emphasize, particularly when you think about, you know, just mood, um, mental health. I mean, just even on a more basic level, when there was a study that when teens get enough sleep, um, they reported having fewer arguments with their parents. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's, that's something that certainly matters in our households. Yeah. And, and basically when parents and teens both get enough yeah. sleep, you know, that's the optimal combination for things going more smoothly, yes. but everything is better when we get enough sleep. And, um, you know, for teens, like it, literally the less sleep they get, the more the risk goes up for all sorts of risky behaviors. Um, not getting enough sleep can exacerbate issues such as mental health or mood disorders, I guess would be the right, the right term. Things like depression, anxiety, suicidality. I mean, that one, my goodness, when I read about that, that was just, you know, it sends a chill down your spine. But literally, the less sleep teens get, the more their suicide risk goes up. And, you know, this was already the case pre-pandemic, and we know mental health issues have gotten much, much more severe since then.
And so sleep absolutely plays into that. Sleep is a protective factor. Yeah, I totally agree. My daughter, you know, when she was in high school and here full time, you know, if something happened or, you know, she was upset about something, you know, a lot of times I know she was so tired, you know, she was just worn out. And I always would tell her, you know, everything's worse when you're tired. I always told her that, you know, everything's worse when you're tired. So Let's it's true. Revisit it's this. true. And it is true, you know. And so, I like not. I know. I'm like. I'm not blowing you off, but I. I want to talk about it. But everything's worse when you're tired. So get a good night's sleep. Let's re- come back to this tomorrow. And then, you know, a lot of times, most times, it was like it just as as I do as an adult. Eh, it's not that big a deal. It's not that big. You know, I'm not that upset about it anymore because everything's worse when you're tired. You are so right. It does. It, it, we have stronger emotions when we're tired and things do, you know, we feel things more intensely. So that is great advice. The other piece too, when they're super exhausted and they're staying up and studying, you know, their efficiency at studying is greatly reduced. You know, at some point you, you, it's sort of a zero sum game because you can be trying to plow through something, but if you're exhausted, you know, and then suddenly you realize you've read the, the same page five yes. times, and you still can't, <laughs> can't remember any of it. And that's true. When you're sleep deprived, it does affect your ability to take in and retain information. I mean, there's a whole section about how it affects learning that I go into in the book. So across the board, everything is more difficult. Beck Center for the Arts in Lakewood, Ohio is a nonprofit arts organization that creates arts experiences for all ages. Starting at six weeks for babies and caregiver music group classes to watercolor painting for those in their late 90s, you and your family will find something that excites and engages all of you throughout your lives at every skill level. Enjoy a youth theater production, a dance performance, professional theater plays and musicals, or get involved with a music, dance, theater, or visual arts class. Visit the Lakewood campus and experience free visual arts exhibitions that rotate throughout the year. Beck Center even offers creative arts therapies for all ages and all abilities in music, dance, theater, and visual arts in a private lesson or group class setting at a school, clinic, or on the campus. If someone in your life is autistic, these services are highly beneficial. Great progress can be made through arts therapy at any step in a client's journey. Check out all Beck Center has to offer at beckcenter.org. They're staying up so late to study or cram or finish their assignment, but it's really, you know, counterproductive. It's just like, you're, you're not, it's not happening. You should, would be better off going to bed, you know, and, and because it's, you're not retaining the information at, at a certain point anymore. Um, well, so it's hard yeah, and, and, for them to do that. So ideally you don't want to get to that point because, mm-hmm. um, you know, if it's the night before, you know, at some point, yeah, there's only so much you can do. Ideally, you want to not have left it all to the night before because cramming is not the best strategy in terms of learning and retaining information. So really it's trying to, you know, work on it in chunks all the way up until the test, as opposed to leaving it to the last minute. And that's where parents can help because, you know, this is part of what our teens are doing as they, you know, as, as they learn and grow is they are learning how to do things like that, how to manage their time, how to manage, you know, things like homework. And there are a lot of times when, you know, the assignments that are given will break it into chunks. So it's like, you know, this week you're going to turn in your outline and next week you're going to turn in your, you know, 
your um, introductory paragraph, whatever, you know, so if it's things like that where it's broken into chunks, that's great. But if it's not, you know, as parents, we can certainly try and help them kind of break it into these chunks rather than leave it all till the night before. Yes, because a lot of, you know, some students are very, you know, organized and they will, you know, do that on their own, but a lot, you know, probably more than not are, are not. And it's just right. And I, and I do this, I tend to do the same thing too. It's like, you see that date, you know, that deadline, it's like, oh, that's far away. You know, I can, I have time. And then it's like, there it is. And then you have to, so right, just trying to help them understand that, you know, and to spread it out and do the chunks so that you're not up late because it's not really going to help. But, oh, you, there's so much more we could talk about. And there's so much more, you know, information in your book and you've done such great work and research and, and made these great changes happen. Um, so I really, can you tell listeners how to find you, how to find your book and just connect with you, um, in those ways? Yes, yes. So the book, which uh, just came out in early June, is called The Sleep Deprived Teen, Why Our Teenagers Are So Tired and How Parents and Schools Can Help Them Thrive. Uh, my name, I, I use my middle initial, so it's Lisa L. Lewis, and that's L-E-W-I-S. And my website is lisalewis.com. And I'll put all that in the show notes also so listeners can find you and get the book. And um, it's just packed with great information. And I think it's something everyone that has a teen uh, can relate to. And I think that, you know, there are changes that can be made. Everyone can find some ways they can make some changes to help their teen, you know, get get more sleep. And like you've seen, probably you probably see a difference, maybe a different side of them. Yeah. Yeah. No, you know, it's because I look at it. I basically ended up writing the book that I wished that I had had back when my son was entering high school. So I do hope that this is going to help others. And, you know, frankly, I guess like kind of my final thought is, you know, especially now there's so much that's out of our control, but helping our teens get more sleep is something that we can do that really does help them. Great point. Yeah. Anything that we can do, let's try to do what we can do. Like you said, because a lot that we can't control. So um, thank you so much. Thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Such great information. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Love talking to you. This episode is sponsored by Montrose Mazda Kent. They go around the world for you. Before you look, call or stop in and talk to Jeremy. Find out more at MazdaKent.com. Beck Center for the Arts in Lakewood, Ohio is a nonprofit arts organization that creates arts experiences for all ages. Starting at six weeks for babies and caregiver music group classes to watercolor painting for those in their late 90s, you and your family can find something that excites and engages all of you throughout your lives. Enjoy a youth theater production, a dance performance, professional theater plays and musicals, or get involved with a music, dance, theater, or visual arts class. Visit the Lakewood campus and experience free visual arts exhibitions that rotate throughout the year. Check out all Beck Center has to offer at beckcenter.org. Nestled on a 45-acre estate, McGregor Assisted Living features 90 new private suites, supporting our mission to promote lifelong health and wellness for older adults while helping them find meaning in their retirement years. McGregor Assisted Living, build a lifestyle that suits you. Thank you for listening to Apparently Speaking. Listen and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, and iHeartRadio. Find the podcast and much more at northeastohioparent.com, like Apparently Speaking on Facebook, and email me at podcast at northeastohioparent.com. 